Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready? Let's go! From the IMLD Home Studios. In its ninth season, you are listening to, in much less detail, the podcast, where we cut through the noise and give you your NFL breakdown in much less detail. Your football party is live with your hosts, Jay and Dre. Good evening. Welcome in. You are listening live to In Much Less Detail, the podcast. Here with you on a Saturday night, February the 12th, 2022, the day before the big game, Super Bowl 56. I'm Dre. He's Jay. It's finally here. That season that started way, way back in September, it feels like three years ago, not just a, a few months, but it's finally arrived. The longest season ever will finally come to its conclusion the day before Valentine's Day as they just extend football out longer and longer. Jay, it, it tested our love of the game and it tested every fan's uh, patience at times, but we're finally at the end. So you, you're ready for the big one? I am. It, it, you know, it's sometimes, uh, sometimes I guess you can have too much of a good thing. You know, the the one nice thing about football was it, it, it was short and sweet. And yet, you, you know, you had your 16 game schedule and your few rounds of the playoffs. And, you know, it's funny when you see all of these on this date, you know, stuff. And it was like of the Super Bowl being played. And you were seeing those three weeks ago already mm-hmm. about all these big dates in Super Bowl history. And you're like, yeah, I, I, I'm kind of missing those days. This is. It's a little long for me. Um, I, I guess it's going to take some getting used to. I mean, it's they're never going to go back. You know, there's, there's too much money at stake here for them to, you know, shorten this thing up uh, with all the TV money and now the expanded playoffs. And I, I get it, but uh, it does, does make you a little wistful at times. I'm, I'm with you. I was uh, doing the same thing when, they, especially when they talk about like the Super Bowls in the '80s when we were growing up and all of those best of, and remember this day took place in you know mid to late January. Those are long gone. Yeah. I mean, we'll re- the bears uh, super bowl was that super bowl 20 was uh, January 20th. If I'm not mistaken. Uh, that's a, a long, long time. It's almost Nin- a full month. You know, 1986. Yeah. So we're talking three full plus weeks difference. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean tomorrow. You know, tomorrow's the Super Bowl, and then Monday's Valentine's Day. That that just that, that, that feels icky, and it's not like we had a a postponement or, or 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 like a season that started late because of a a strike or a lockout or you know or COVID. No, no, th- this is what it's going to look like. So we we better get used to it. Uh, even worse when they finally uh, uneven, you know, when they even things out again and, and get off of this odd number of 17 games and make it an 18-game 
regular season. It was extended even you know more, even another week. It'll be past Valentine's Day. Uh, yeah, this was the first Super Bowl weekend where I went out and you know walked through Walmart and get Valentine's paraphernalia and got candy yep. and flowers and all that. And no, that that is it's wrong. It's just it's not right to go looking for Super Bowl food and get ready for Super Bowl parties uh, the same weekend that you got to get your, your flowers and your Valentine stuff and your cards and all that. That's, that's too much. That's especially for, you know, Neanderthals like me. Uh, yeah. That's just combining too many things at one time. Like there's no reason for me to accidentally get, you know, meatball sauce on a Valentine's card by accident. The, the things don't go together, man. It's just, it, it, well, doesn't, it doesn't work. We dodged a bullet this year, but wait until the schedule quirks hit and we actually have Valentine's Day is the oh. Super Bowl. Oh, my God. going to be a lot of breakups. <laughs> so here it is, honey. We finally decide if you love me or you love your football. Which one do you love more? Well, I, I figured it out. I'm taking you out to dinner. We're going to go to Buffalo Wild Wings. <laughs> our, our Valentine's dinner is going to be Buffalo Wild Wings. <laughs> That is the breakup right there. The moment you tell her that, that's what you, you've already answered her question for you. There's no yeah, – Hooters. Honey, do you like the, the wings at Hooters? We're, we're going <laughs> to have our Valentine's Day at Hooters. Uh, oh, well, yeah, so we dodged a bullet. So all, all you all you gentlemen and, and ladies don't want to, mm-hmm. you know, uh, stereotype. Uh, yeah, don't leave them football out. fans, so. That's right. And it's just, it's not right at all. Um, but, but here it is. Uh, we finally arrive for the big day, Super Bowl 56, 56 tomorrow in Inglewood, California. Is the uh, the second year in a row that there's going to be a, a home team yeah. hosting the Super Bowl, even though the Rams are technically the road team because of the silly uh-huh. back and forth uh, where they flip it out, you know, switch well, it off the each road, year depending on the They were the, the road conference. team in the uh, championship game. It sure seemed that way. <laughs> They were. That was a hell of a home field advantage for the 49ers uh, in the yeah. NFC title game. That was like when the Cubs play in, in Milwaukee. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was, uh, you know, the we, we've talked about that and joked about that throughout the years. The Los Angeles fan base, quote-unquote fan base, such as it is. Uh, remember all those years that they were talking about, you know, the NFL, man, that's a huge market out in L.A. If they can just get back to L.A. and get all those fans, how big would the NFL be then? Look, but L.A., can, they can take it or leave it. They don't, they don't really care that much. It's L.A., man. They don't, they don't have to have you. I think it's been proven that the, the fan base can live or die without the Rams or without the Chargers, especially the Chargers, uh, the, the Clipper Chargers, as we call them. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it did not feel like a home game last week for the Rams. They had to do silent counts against the 49ers in their own home stadium, which doesn't make any damn sense. They're probably going to have to do it again tomorrow as the Bengals come calling, and uh, there might be more Bengals fans than Rams fans, depending on uh, who you believe as far as the ticket breakdown tomorrow. Uh, so, yeah, either way, it's going to be close. It's, it's going to be uh, very loud on both sides of the ball, um, and it's – it's a it's a home game, but in name only. All it means is that the the Rams didn't have to travel for the Super Bowl, but uh, they're they're not going to really feel like a home team, I don't think. No, no, and, you know, but it's a night. Hey, it's a it's a gorgeous looking stadium. I mean, oh yeah, it's a, it's a great it's a great venue. 
So it's exciting, you know. I guess I'm as excited for this Super Bowl as I've been for one in a while because I don't have to watch Tommy. I don't, you know, I don't have to. <laughs> I actually get to see something different, and I think that that that'll actually. I think this this Super Bowl will actually pull a decent number. I think there's a lot of. Uh, I've noticed there's a lot of closet Bengals fans out there. I think there's a lot of people pulling for the Bengals in this one. That's just the sense I'm getting. I think you're right. I think it's the uh, there's always going to be you know an underdog story. As the, the Bengals were one of the longest odds before the before the season began. Uh, yeah, um, plus plus eighteen thousand, I believe, was the number. Whoever wants to go back and listen to our season preview and some of the uh, early shows uh, earlier this season will hear a lot of embarrassing talk from me as far as the Bengals go. That, that's one of the worst teams in the league. They're they're terrible. They're not going to do anything. Uh, yeah, and here they are in the Super Bowl. So. You're always going to get that underdog story, and it also uh, this particular underdog, this the Joe Burrow thing is something. He is he's he's special. Like he, you can't help but take your your you can't take your eyes off him when he's playing because he's he's doing things that you know people shouldn't be doing with his uh, experience level. He's basically playing like a, a veteran already, and you know like we said, his first real full year, right. Um, and especially that game against Kansas City where they really should have lost that game because the Chiefs completely dominated them in the first half. And then the second half comes, and it's a, it just flipped the switch. It's a whole different story. you got to give all the credit, of course, to the Bengals' defense for shutting down the Chiefs. But Joe Burrow uh, doing Houdini acts, escaping sacks, escaping pressure, uh, like he put on a Superman cape or something, um, he, he's he's something. He's special. He uh, he he's believed he's this damn good, uh, pretty much his whole life, and now he's just proving it to everybody else. And I, and I think that's a big part of the the hype and the the. It's not just the underdog. Is that this kid, uh, specific, specifically put putting himself up there in that same echelon, the same postseason that Pat Mahomes and Josh Allen did what they did in that incredible uh, AFC uh, divisional round game. And after all that, who emerges as the AFC champion is this kid, Joe Cool. <laughs> it's yeah. like, oh wow, okay. Well, got to give him, got to give the devil his due. Yeah, and you know what? What really stood out, um, especially this year with Cincinnati, was you know they, they, they don't feel like a fluke team in the Super Bowl uh, because they 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 beat good teams all year long, right? The, the regular season, they didn't bum slay. You know they, they 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 were in a lot of games. Even some of, even the games they lost, they were they were in tight. So there, there's there's no shame uh, for them. They won a. It's a tough division. I, I mean, you look at the four teams in that division, and you know they were all kind of jumbled together all the way even into December, where any one of the four teams in that division had a chance to win it, and the Bengals were really the only one who uh, who like went and got it. You know, a lot of those other teams, you know, like Pittsburgh gets into the playoffs basically by default. The Bengals were the only team that went and just took it. They went on they went on a three game winning streak, uh, with with impressive wins against not terrible teams, you know, Denver, Baltimore, and then that crazy game against Kansas City to take the division. And then they didn't have to play anybody in the last week, so that didn't matter. But uh you know, and then they uh, that playoff run that they just came off of, you know, tough games all up and down, but they played tough games during the regular season, so they they were sort of battle tested. And yeah, Joe Joe Burrow, there's no fear there. 
No, not and that at really all. really feels like the whatever it takes to win the game, uh, they dialed it up. Uh, they completely changed their defensive strategy in that second half against Kansas City in the championship game. Uh, they, they they were able to get pressure, but they weren't re- they weren't blitzing. They weren't rushing. They were pulling a lot of guys back, playing coverage, which you think wouldn't be the smart move against Patrick Mahomes, but it worked. I, I don't think Kansas City was expecting eight guys, seven, eight guys back in coverage. Um, their their receivers weren't as wide open. Uh, a lot of the guys were getting chased down, and a lot of these like a lot of these crossing routes, you know, were were being contested, and like all the stuff that they were giving up in the first half, they buttoned that up in the second half and it was uh, it was pretty impressive to watch and then that offense just I mean just gutty you know they, they led the league in guts that's for sure <laughs> it was unbelievable that the defensive effort there was no resistance from the Bengals in the first half it's like what they're just there the Chiefs were doing anything they wanted they they had their way uh any play they wanted any style of play it didn't matter they they get up 21 to 3 uh, since he gets a touchdown to make it 21-10, and then the Chiefs have that very famous drive right before halftime. Yeah. They, they went right back down the field in that drive with, with the Bengals' soft coverage at that point. Um, but then they get to the one-yard line after a, a pass interference. Nine seconds left, no touchdowns. They decide they're going to try to get in to the end zone instead of kicking the field goal. They can't get in twice. Second time, Tyreek Hill slammed down by Eli Apple inbounds. Clock runs out. Great defensive stand for Cincinnati. Complete momentum changer. Just yeah, you you just knew you you knew that 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 was a huge opportunity for the Chiefs to put more points on the board. If they only put in put up three, that makes it back to twenty four ten, back to a three touchdown lead to start the the third quarter. And if they get all the way in the end zone, twenty eight to ten is basically over. Uh, it just felt huge at that point. It was like, oh man, the Chiefs are dominating, but boy, if they if they had got in right there, that that really, really did the did the trick. Yeah, they had. Uh, you think about the end of both halves for Kansas City because at the end of the fourth quarter, uh, when they kicked the field goal, they had first and goal at like the five yard line. So yeah. it, it wasn't. You know, that was it. So that was the end of the that was the Super Bowl for them and the end of Cincinnati's season if they can punch it in with those tries from the uh, the five yard line. But then they get a uh, a play on that third down where Cincinnati basically rushes nobody and just you know you got the guys just kind of standing around at the line of scrimmage like three guys and then eight guys drop back and then finally. You start to see after Patrick Mahomes looks around and looks around and looks around and there's nobody open. Then the rush comes, knocks the ball out of his hand. They damn near fumble the game away, and then you know end up sacking him back like at the 20 yard line. So it was it was a crazy sequence, um, and what ended pretty much a crazy game. And we talked about it last week on the show a little bit about how all three of Patrick Mahomes's uh, overtime throws should have been picked. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, or it could have been. So they looked a little shaken uh, in the overtime. And, uh, yeah, I, I don't think they expected the fight from Cincinnati, especially after you're up 21-3 to three in your own building. And I think in that overtime, Mahomes got impatient. He, like you said, that last drive where he dances and dances and dances and finally winds up having to take a 17-yard sack uh, to set yeah. up the, uh, the field goal, which was not a, a gimme at that point. I think it was a 44-yarder. 
uh, instead of being a lot closer before that, obviously, uh, to tie to tie the game. And then the Chiefs win the coin toss, and Mahomes does not use the opportunity winning the coin toss to uh, to reset and take his time and, and get settled and work his way down the field. He's trying to get it all. Uh, I think he just he, he was like the hell with this. This is this is crazy. Yeah. I can't find anybody open. Yeah, and I'm just gonna start heaving this thing. Uh, and he goes too high for Demarcus Robinson. Could have been picked. He throws behind Robinson and Eli Apple had a pick six, but dropped it. And then third down, he throws a deep shot for Tyree Kill. That's tipped up by Jesse Bates and picked off by Von Bell. So he was just trying to to make something happen, and it was a complete turnaround, a complete 180 from the first half when they did whatever they wanted to do and didn't have to force anything. And then they spent the whole second half uh, just going, what, where, why, why is no one getting open? What are we doing? What's going on? And, and finally, uh, overtime comes and Mahomes sort of says, ah, hell with this. I'm just going to keep chucking it up. And, yeah, uh, it looked, that, like, uh, looked like Aaron Rodgers late in that San Francisco game. He was like, ah, oh, hell, I got to, I got to try something. I, Nothing I, yeah, else is I, I got to, I got to force the action here. You know, I got, mm-hmm. I got to come up with something and uh, yeah, uh, it, it didn't work out and you can't give enough credit to the Bengals going into that hostile of environment. They're basically getting battered and bruised by, by Tennessee, you know, and Joe Burrow getting nine sacks on them the week before they only give up one sack to the chiefs. Yeah. Much, much better game uh, protection wise and much, Better job by Burrow of, of avoiding uh, getting too many hits. Uh, he did that, like I said, he played some Houdini ball and, and made some yeah. uh, unbelievable plays to, to get out of some situations. He also had some center issues, some low snaps from Trey Hopkins uh, did not help matters. Uh, but but he was uh, unflappable. He was he was Joe Cool. He really was Joe Joe Cool, and uh, I think that's why he's such a, a heavy. Uh, not favorite, but a, a darling, I guess I would say. For yeah, because they're not favorited uh, in this game. You know, they're the underdog here. But yep, you know, looking at where the, the money is going, <laughs> um, it's interesting because with all the money that is going the Bengals' way, that they're still you know four point dogs. So that's interesting. What this line would be without all the the, the darling uh, or Cinderella aspect of this? Would this might be a touchdown game? Yeah, yeah, I think it would be. I, on paper, you look at – it is not an even matchup. Now, a lot of the stats say it's an even matchup, especially offensively. But when you look at overall, you look you just look at the the top-level guys for the Rams. You know, and it's just – they out-talent the Bengals pretty much up and down the roster. Uh, so did the Chiefs, right? So <laughs> – you know, this, that's why it's so hard. I think that's why so many people are looking at the Bengals like you know, the Bengals feel more like a like a, like a destiny type team. Right. When you, when you talk about a team that's plus eighteen thousand before the season began, obviously on ta- on paper the talent is going to be lacking against most opponents. They haven't cared about that to this point. They don't give a damn. They just say, okay, fine, and and we'll we'll just figure it out. We'll find a way. So yeah, and, I, uh, and we we we, we talked. As the season went on, you and I were very complimentary of the Bengals, but neither one of us thought they were going to the Super Bowl. Even though oh, we no. were giving them all the compliments, it's like, hey, this is a nice story, you know, but that's great. <laughs> yeah, this is your first year there. You know, how many times do we have these teams? They have the, the, the nice run. They get into the playoffs, and they collapse, or you know, which is what you expect. 
the moment's too big for them. You don't expect them to go on a run like they just went on and go all the way to the Super Bowl. No, I don't know how anyone could expect that. I think we we joked about them being prepared to tell everybody, hey, no one believed in us. Nobody said we could do this. Oh, yeah, it was total the disrespect card. That's why that Tennessee-Cincinnati game was perfect with the disrespect the disrespect bowl. Oh, yeah. But I don't know how anyone could believe in and they They've never done it before. They've never been to this to, to this level. They've never been in the playoffs, uh, this this particular group of players. Uh, so, no, who, who would predict a, a team that has zero playoff experience to go through the playoffs, to go through three playoff games and get the victory each time, uh, including knocking off the number one and number two seeds uh, in their in their venues? Yeah. Like, who would who would say that's going to happen? You know, I picked them to to beat the number one seed in the Titans. I definitely did not pick them to go into Kansas City. I definitely did not have that. It, you know, it's been a nice run for the Bengals, but look, you you had them by winning by three touchdowns. You had the Chiefs. Uh, basically sunning the Bengals and making them. I, I uh, thought so. We both thought yeah. so. And again, I, and I jumped back on the, on the chiefs after going against them, the, the first two playoff games. So I, I, I don't know what the hell happened to the chiefs after uh, the first half, but uh, like we said, the Bengals turned everything around and you got to give them the credit for, for taking it to Kansas city after that, that first half. But boy, that, like I said, that play that uh, to, to end the first half, what a moment. I've just, I, I could feel yeah. it. I was sitting there watching it going, oh, oh no. Oh, especially, man. You're, you're right Especially there. because that drive followed up the first Bengals touchdown. Yeah, came right back So down. the Bengals go down, they get the touchdown, it's 21-10, and then you felt like this was the drive now. The Chiefs were like, no, 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 this right. is over. <laughs> Put you and, right back in your place. Yep, but they got greedy. It, you know, it, it, that was that was sort of what did them in. You know, I, I get it. You get the, you get the uh, pass interference in the end zone. You get the ball at the one yard line. You get multiple tries from that spot. But man, it's so tough. I understand the temptation, but what we talk about all year, creeping up, rearing its ugly head. You, you took points off the board, and those could have been the points that cost you. Yeah, you are definitely uh, the, the main guy, uh, the, head of, the head of the parade of, uh, hey, let's not do all this gambling out here. Let's just take what we can get when we can get it. And uh, you're, you're proven right. There's no way I can argue that that was not the, the that that was not the right move by by the Chiefs and, and Andy Reid. No, it, it was uh, you know. It wasn't out of character. I, I mean, Andy Reid. You know, it, you understood it in the moment, but. So many of these teams are sort of letting the, the, the like letting the passion take over, and not just hey, you know what? Hey, we went on a nice drive. This is great. They just scored a touchdown. Let's take the three. We're up two touchdowns at halftime. You know, no, you, you let them get the stop. They have all the momentum. You know, and they didn't come right out in the second half and, and set the world on fire. They just chipped away, played their defense to get a field goal. They get the touchdown, they get the two-point conversion, then they take the lead, you know, and it was just very methodical the way the Bengals got back into that game, and the, the Chiefs were just, they had nothing. Right, the, the defense allowed the, the Bengals to be methodical and chip away. The defense holding down uh, Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs, uh, Pat didn't look sharp at all in the second half, like you said. he looked And they, like were, he and they started getting rattled. pressure on him in the second half, too. 
Yeah, he, he was. Uh, he had but three he and a half sacks. Yeah, but those, a lot of those weren't even like we're coming to, to burn your house down and kill you. No, a lot those of those were, were just sacks. like, yeah, those he was just sacks. waiting and waiting and yeah. going. I I don't have anybody. I can't I can't I can't find anybody. And those then those sacks were a function of the Bengals just deciding we're dropping everybody. Yeah, we're just gonna we, flood the secondary with people and not let the let let the Chiefs have all these open open plays. We're gonna you know they they really dedicated it to to make them work their way, right? Make them have to kind of like novocaine the ball down the field, right? Slow, not the way that the Chiefs like to do it. So they, they changed the game that way, and, and it worked. Sure did. Uh, it, it was frustrating. You could see uh, Mahomes just had no clue, no answers, and, uh, yeah, the, give the Bengals credit. No no doubt about it. Uh and maybe uh, you take the Bengals a little lightly. It's not the Buffalo Bills. You don't uh, have that that uh, massive, you know, Thor He Man yeah. matchup uh, with, with Josh Allen, and and uh, you come out and, and and it doesn't help that you can take the lead so easily on them to start the game and go, you know, of twenty one three, and maybe you go, yeah, yeah, we got this. You know, this going is to the easy. Super Bowl again. <laughs> Uh, and yeah, when the adjustment is made, a second half adjustment, and, and the Chiefs wind up looking flaccid the whole rest of the game. That's I was I was a stunner. That was yeah. uh, very surprising. And, and, but and you already brought it up. But Joe Burrow, w- with his legs and, and, and the mobility, and just refusing to take those sacks, you know, and getting out of a lot of pressure, and and, and making things happen, and then again. We talk about this with all the good ones, right? And, and then now the great ones. Joe Burrow wasn't breaking the pocket looking always to run because there were plenty of times that he broke that containment and got away from sacks where all of a sudden that thing would zip out of there and there were guys open down the field and they were making plays move that way. When you have that element, then it makes it easier for those times when he breaks the containment and then takes off running because they don't know which one he's going to do. Right. Which is the and, problem you have with so many of these one read takeoff quarterbacks is, you know, there's no element of them throwing the ball. You know, that's why there's such a gap between like Lamar and Russell Wilson, you know, mm-hmm. because one will pull it down and just go. And that's easy. It, it, it's hard to, you know, it, it, it's hard to predict like where he's going to go, but you know, he's running where Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray and Aaron Rodgers, these guys who get the pressure and break out, they can run, but what they're really looking to do is is like stab you in the heart. And Burrow had plenty of those plays too. We remember those third down runs, but there were plenty of plays, especially earlier, like late in the third quarter, early in the fourth quarter, where he was breaking contain and making throws down the field. This is what makes the uh, Bengals such a difficult task to, to beat. When he breaks and looks around, now he's got all those young receivers making secondary routes and breaking off and deciding, okay, Joe's running, let me go do over here, and Joe knows I'm going to be here, and fuck it, I'm going to throw it, and you know Jamar's going to be down there somewhere, uh, and and the other guys too, Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins. Uh, yeah. It's, it all came together like in one year, so it's not – it's surprising – it shouldn't be when you when you look at the talent level, but it's not supposed to come together that damn quick. That's why the Bengals no. are such a surprise. Yes, right, because um, they just drafted Jamar Chase this year. 
you know, they, they like really this was the first, you know, Burrow was hurt last year. He wins comeback player of the year. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and here I, he is. I guess he deserves first full season. Well, yeah, I was a, yes, first full season, and, and he's taking this team to the Super Bowl. So you you got to think that the you know look I mean think about where the like we talked about with just the talent especially at the quarterback position young quarterback talent in the AFC is ridiculous. And I've read something today about imagine if uh, Aaron Rodgers did wind up finally going to the Broncos, which has been rumored for the last 35 years. Yeah, uh, which I still yeah, – give you my Aaron Rodgers prediction right now where he will be <laughs> next year uh, at Green Bay. <laughs> you said it last year and it happened. And it, He's not going it, anywhere. It, it, it might happen again. They're going yeah, to restructure his deal. They need to make it more cap-friendly. They're going to either signing bo- massive signing bonus or they're going to backload again. But they they're going to come up with a contract that pays him a crap ton of money, but frees them up with the cap room. And yeah, I don't think Aaron Rodgers is going anywhere because again, if your goal is to win a title, you're still in the best spot possible. You know, you've got a great coach. You're in the, you're in, in. Let's just say, let's just call it exceptionally easy easy to win division. You're going to the playoffs. Yeah. And, uh, I, I don't. Yeah. I don't have the uh, uh, objectivity in that situation. Being a, a big Bears fan, so I'm, I'm still kind of hoping that it's, you want him it's over. I know you want yes. him gone. I, I and, and but even objectively, again, what? When have you ever seen an organization and a player who are this hostile towards each other continue to stay together? It, it always breaks up eventually, right? It's gotta. I mean. I, I think you had him gone last year, and I was like, "No, yeah. not happening." No, you're right. <laughs> I'm telling you again. I get that right. feeling. I get the feeling he's staying because, yeah, I, I mean, they could just decide, "Hey, you know what? This is it's not working out. We're going to trade him." They still have to eat a huge calf hit if, if they trade him. But yeah, the haul that you could get for the four-time MVP is significant. So yes, the Packers absolutely have to entertain that idea. But I still think the best thing for them and for him is restructure the deal, pay him a crap ton of money, make him happy, but make it cap friendly, try to win a title. Because, you know, the NFC now, you know, Tommy's gone, you know, all the top quarterbacks are in the AFC now, for the most part, right? I mean, you got you got that AS, NFC West, which has got three really fun, you know, high-octane teams, but... I still think that his his best pass to a Super Bowl, it's not going to the AFC. It's not having to play Herbert and Mahomes and Josh Allen <laughs> right. and Joe Burrow. <laughs> That's uh, not that would, his pass. That would seem to be difficult. Yes. So I, I don't see it happening. I know as much as you would love to see it happen, and I'm not saying it, it won't happen, but I, I don't see it. My That's my prediction. All right. I, I can't argue with it because you predicted it last year correctly, so I, I can't uh, fire back against that. All right. We uh, get to use this drop twice because we talked about uh, 21 to, to 3 at one point for the Chiefs uh, over the over the Bengals. And then, hey, what happened? And all of a sudden, the, the lead is gone and the fortunes change. So then the 49ers uh, were up. 17 to 7 on the Rams uh, in LA in the NFC title game. Hey, what happened? Yeah, you 
you, we talk about that AFC championship and then that NFC championship feels almost like an afterthought. Right. It was, uh, it was it, not was a good such game. a shock. It was not a good game, that NFC championship. I mean, it was tight. Again, just because a game is close doesn't mean it's good. The, the 49ers, again, were doing everything that they needed to do, they, right? They were, they were playing the tough defense. They were moving the ball effectively, but not, you know, the, the offense is not their strength. <laughs> it's, it, it, it's, it's there. It, it was moving the ball. They were winning the game, but the Rams just had too much explosiveness, you know, too much big play opportunity. Stafford was making great throws. Cup was making good catches. And the great equalizer on the other side was Jimmy G. Jimmy G's going Jimmy G. Once it turns into a matchup between Matthew Stafford and Jimmy G, you're not going to – you're probably going to lose. So, like, Joe Burrow was destined to get the Bengals to the Super Bowl. Jimmy Garoppolo was destined to make the dumb throw to knock the 49ers out uh, of the Super Bowl. Uh, so it, it happened. We uh, we still lost a pick because the uh, spread was three and a half, and we yeah. got hooked there. Uh, but, yeah, but if, I, indeed... if, I had been, if I had been awake on that day that I had the COVID and, and just disagreed with you, we'd be playing for the championship right now. I, I told you, it was not out of the realm of possibility that I could lose all those games, and I have indeed uh, yeah. lost all those games in a row. So that, that's where uh, that's where we stand. Uh, the uh, the picked uh, championship, so uh, such as it is, decided uh, uh, because, like you said, you weren't able to change your picks uh, in time for the uh, divisional round games on Sunday, yeah. which I, I dropped both of those. And dropped both the games last week, so I'm 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 on a cold streak. That's for sure. You are. Uh, I guess we'll say you're you're backing into this one. Uh, a win's a win, I guess. Win's a win. <laughs> not, not looking very impressive, uh, that's for sure. Uh, kind of like the Rams, who were again losing to the Forty Niners, seventeen to seven, and not looking very hot. It was uh, like we said, the the home field advantage seemed to be on San Francisco's side. The crowd was rocking. The uh, Rams were looking down. The Forty Niners looked like they were uh, piecing it together and and using that, that great weapon, Debo Samuel, uh, out in the open yeah. field, and he's doing his damage, and they're, they're game-managing it, and, and Jimmy G is you know managing not to do the, the dumb stuff too much, and they're, they're keeping him in pocket and making sure he doesn't throw the game away, and then the, the Rams were able to turn it around, and uh, it, 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 they didn't have too much uh, time to do it, too much room. It was uh, at the end of the third quarter, it was – uh, 17 to seven after the uh, uh, George Kittle uh, touchdown in the corner uh, on a perfect throw by Jimmy G, by the way, which is why the, the whole Jimmy G thing is so infuriated because he can make some plays. He's not terrible. He's just destined to make the bad play right at the at the wrong yeah. time. Yeah, the the well, I mean, he has one pick on the day, and oh boy, Ooh. oh Ooh. boy, what an ugly ass pick it was. It was awful. Uh, but before that, uh, Cooper Cup does what he's been doing. Just keeps he's a man. Way to, to get open and gets a, the touchdown and bring him back to within three and uh, makes some other big plays. OBJ makes some huge plays on the other side. There was one 
part where the San Fran lost their uh, composure a little bit that I thought was a bit of a, of a momentum switch uh, on the coaching side, they lost their composure because uh, LA had a fumble, uh, wanted a fumble recovery, but they challenged it. It was uh, denied. And that was their last time out, which is really stupid. Yeah. But at that point, San Fran still has the ball now, but it's fourth down. They're on their own side of the of the field. They're in plus territory. Why are you trying to draw the Rams offside and then punting it away across midfield at that point? You're they already they lost their their challenge. They're out of timeouts. They're reeling. They're obviously desperate. Uh, I thought that was just a, a total collapse by my my coach of the year, Kyle Shanahan. That. At that point, the risk, I think, is worth it because if you get that fourth down and you keep that drive going and you go back up two scores into the fourth quarter, I think you, you've put them away because now you've made it where Matt Stafford has to bring him back, has that pressure. Uh, he, we know he led the league in, in interceptions along with Trevor Lawrence. So you know if you put enough pressure on him, he's going to make the bad throw as well. Uh, yeah. But by by kicking it away, I think that was a big momentum change uh, to give the Rams uh, another life that maybe they didn't deserve after burning up all their timeouts. And then that play action bomb uh, by Matthew Stafford uh, that was right in Jaquiski Tart's hands and he just dropped it. That was huge because I think that was the game as well. I mean, you 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 gave him the the ball back. And you say, hey, we're just going to punt it away to you and, and hope that you don't lead the comeback on us. And he throws the ball right, right back to you, right in your hand, and you just drop, you just drop it. Yeah. That's why those that guys play huge. defense. I, I guess so. That's why Jaquisky Tart is not a, a wide receiver. And the next play after that was, was massive uh, because he goes right back to Odell Beckham deep on the sideline, plus got a personal foul on Jimmy Ward for blasting him yeah. in the face on the way down. Well, and he uh, did. That, I mean, that was there. That was not a cheap call. He no, it. that was legit. <laughs> a lot of those P, PFs are not legit, but that personal foul was absolutely uh, legit. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and the Rams get a field goal on that drive to tie the game. I, I really think that drive interception was was the ball game right there. So that that allowed the uh, the Rams to climb back in it. Um, uh, and then Garoppolo, another bad drive, uh, wasn't ready for the snap and had to throw it into the into the grass on third down. Like, um, dude, yeah, <laughs> that's not going to convert to third down when you turf it like that. Um, allowing the Rams to get the ball back and Stafford to cup very tight slant. He does the rest. Big twenty five yard play gets him the field goal range, and, and and that basically did it because they kicked that field goal to go up twenty to seventeen. And Jimmy Garoppolo turns around and uh, tries to fling it blindly as he's uh, getting pulled oh, down and uh, I, off his running back. I hands. laughed when he threw that. <laughs> I mean, I was sitting there watching that, sitting on the couch. And I saw him throw that. I started laughing and even did the yeah, you know, because <laughs> I, I mean, that was it was one of those. It, it was, was. schoolyard. I don't want to take a sack. I, oh yeah. yeah. I didn't laugh. I just picked up. The, I just shook my head and I picked up the phone and I, and I. I don't know if I tweeted or texted to you, but I was like, "There it is. There's Jimmy. That, that's Jimmy G. <laughs> that's and that's the difference right there." Uh, but it. yeah, Mike, that two games in a row now. 
where you just get that, I don't know what it is, you get that, I've got that weird feeling about the Rams, that that they turtle or they, they that they panic, you know, they, we watched them against the, the Bucks, you know, and, and I, I was, I was, I think I was pointing it out, you know, more, but the play calling got a little stagnant and they just looked afraid. And then, like you said, that all of a sudden now in this game with the with the with the Niners, they 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 did plenty to try to lose this game too. They did just as much yes. to win this game as, but they did a lot to lose it. And and the Niners just wouldn't take it. But uh, that that's two weeks in a row now where you watch the Rams, you're like, oh boy, you yeah. gotta you gotta you gotta limit those stretches. You can't have those 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 you know quarter of the game periods especially with these high stakes where you just look lost and it's two weeks in a row now where they've done that. And yeah, that, can't, that didn't, that doesn't give me a ton of confidence in the Rams seeing that. No, me, me neither. Um, it would not, I don't think it's a surprise either way, no matter what happens tomorrow, the Rams uh, win by a, a couple scores. I don't think it's surprising because they clearly have uh, the more talented team. Uh, yeah, the Bengals, I, knock them off and pull the upset. I don't think that's surprising because the Rams can give it away and the Beagles have been taking it all year. Yeah, I, I really got to say, I mean, if the Rams play their best game, they will win. Right. But can the Rams put 60 minutes together against this, this sort of scrappy Bengals unit, you know, because the Bengals are going to they, – they've proven that, you know, you get up on them, they, they don't will, <laughs> you know. They're, they're going to keep fighting, and we've also seen that they're not afraid to make adjustments, you know, which is amazing with how many times are we knocking coaches for uh, not making the adjustments or, or being stubborn. And, uh, you know, it, yeah, if the, if the Bengals, like, take the punch and get up and punch back, I think that the Rams are probably the more mentally weak of the two teams. I think the Bengals are the tougher team, but I think that the Rams are much just, they're just more talented, right? So right. just play your game. Now the Bengals obviously uh, are a better running team. That's the one advantage they have offensively over the Rams is the, the Bengals can't, they're, they're balanced. Not a great running team, but they have more balance than the Rams have. The Rams are they try to run. They're not that good at it. Um, and then the Rams on, of course, on defense, they have that, they have that pass rush, right? I mean, mm. that's what scares me. The Titans got them nine times. I mean, <laughs> that was without Aaron Donald and Von Miller and, and, and Floyd and all these, right? <laughs> I mean, they, they might get them 14 times in this game. <laughs> but the Bengals could still win. They right. Nine sacks against Tennessee and won the game. So yeah, this is it, it. It's a for for two non-football like crazy markets. Like Cincinnati hasn't been to a Super Bowl in thirty some years, and the Rams, you know, Los Angeles is not a football market. No. But it's a compelling matchup. It, it's an and, and again, it's so nice to just not be talking about Brady or Manning or Mahomes. Even it's just like you get something. You get something new. Two quarterbacks, both first timers in the Super Bowl. Um, th- there's not a lot of guys on this Bengal rosters that have any Super Bowl experience, so it's a it's a 
it'll be a fun game. I'm actually excited to watch this one, and I don't have a rooting interest. Yeah, I only have a small one, just that I had the Rams in the Super Bowl to, to, before the season began. I didn't have them to win it. Um, but I do admire the hell out of the Bengals and everything that they've done. We shouldn't be surprised that they know how to make adjustments. We watched them all year make adjustments, uh, even in the, the style of game that they played uh, just from the beginning of the year to now, where they was yep. they started out just Jamar Chase and nothing else. And then the other guys sort of evolved uh, around Burrow and uh, everyone just kind of grew together. The whole thing, like I said, it's not supposed to come together that damn quick. They went from uh, stage eight, you know, you know we, we, Remember uh, Phil Jackson uh, with the Chicago Bulls? Uh, we, we need a guy to go from point A to point B. Uh, the Bengals have gone from A to B to C in one year, in less than a year, basically. Like, it's not supposed to go that way. Uh, so we, we shouldn't be surprised by anything that, that they do tomorrow. And we can't be surprised by anything the Rams do because they're so inconsistent. You don't know what you're gonna, which Rams team you're going to get from one game to the next. Like you said, if they play their best – uh, then they can absolutely uh, dominate. They could, you know, pull away. But are we going to see the Rams at their best? There's absolutely no way to tell that. Yeah, and will you see the Rams at their best long enough? You'll see it in stretches, but will they for sixty minutes? That that's the problem. Can the Rams that's the question. sustain? And I haven't. I, and you know, yes, they won the last two games. They, they squeaked them out but they won them both, but they didn't sustain. You know, they, they, they were way up on the Bucks and then blew it, and, you know, they, they got that last drive, and good for them. They got those two big plays. They went to Cooper Cup. The Bucks brain farted on defense on that last drive, too. But, hey, you beat them. You won, and, and, and that's great. And then the next week, you came back, and, and you beat a team that had you on the ropes that you were way more talented than. And you won that game, too, so great. You won two tough games, but you, you didn't really win those. There was no convincing there, you know? And you can say the same thing about the Bengals. The Bengals didn't exactly blow anybody out, either. They won three close games, too. But sure. they played, I believe, tougher opponents. <laughs> you know, I, I would tell you that I think that the, the, not, well, the Bengals beat the Chiefs. And the Chiefs beat the Bills, and I, you know, those, you know, those two teams make it to the Super Bowl. Either one of them taking them to win. Right. I mean, if this is Rams Bills, Rams Chiefs, I'm going. Rams aren't going to win, you know. AFC all the way, right? AFC all the way, yeah. <laughs> this one, a little bit more thought put into it, so it's not a guarantee that this is AFC all the way. Yeah. Uh, so will it be Who Day or will it be I Love L.A.? We will have to figure that out. Uh, you've waited this long for our live pick for the Super Bowl tomorrow. You can wait two more minutes. You are listening live to In Much Less Detail, the podcast. Not on the radio, but only here on the website, blogtalkradio.com slash in much less detail. To be notified when we're live, you can follow the show on the Blog Talk Radio website, or you can follow my Twitter feed at IMLDDre when I tweet out when we're live before every show. Jason is on Twitter, too. His feed is at IMLDJTG. Our show is available as a podcast where you get the live show and a special VIP after show. To listen to the show as a podcast about an hour or so after the live show is over, 
come back to the show page and look through our archives, or subscribe on iTunes or any number of different podcasting apps, including Player.fm, Mixcloud, Blueberry, and the TuneIn Radio app. You'll get the whole show, the live show and the after show, downloaded straight to you. You can always send us a question or comment or shout out via email to the following email address, in much less detail at gmail.com. You can follow all of our picks on our blog. The website for the blog is in much less detail.blogspot.com. Our Thursday night picks will be available Thursday afternoon on our Twitter feeds. Again, that's at IMLDDre and at IMLDJTG. This copyrighted broadcast is a production of Jay and Me and is solely performed for our entertainment as well as for any poor soul who happens to be listening. It is intended to be a football pick show for the private, non-commercial use of our audience. Any publication, reproduction, retransmission, or any other use of the descriptions and accounts of this podcast without the express written consent of Jay or me is strictly prohibited. And so we have come to the end of this very, very long season. The big game at the end, the day before Valentine's Day, again, it's just wrong. It's the, those two days and holidays, uh, sort of American yeah. holidays, uh, they're not supposed to mix together, but they are uh, at least for now this year and maybe more in the future. But we're finally here, the big game, Bengals-Rams. And the last time for the whistle for uh, for a long, long time. It's always a, a bit of a sad day. Uh, but here we go. It is Cincinnati and Los Angeles. Again, the Bengals are technically uh, the home team for whatever purposes that serve. But uh, the, all that means is the Rams will be wearing uh, white jerseys and the Bengals will be wearing black. Uh, of course, it's in L.A.'s home stadium in Inglewood. Uh, but there will be plenty of Bengals representation, representation, easy for me to say, uh, for the uh, Cincinnati Bengals. Since the seven and three now on the road, uh, c- counting the uh, playoff games, Rams seven and three at home, counting their playoff games. Uh, really, the only injury situations all week for either teams uh, coincidentally involve both teams starting tight ends. Uh, for the Bengals, uh, CJ Uzama has been practicing. Looks like he's going to play. Uh, for the Rams, Tyler Higby has already been declared out, uh, been placed on injury reserve. Uh, but both of them uh, sprained their MCLs in those uh, conference championship games. So think about that when you think about Uzama, for those of you playing daily fantasy. Uh, I don't, I wouldn't count on too much productivity from him. If one guy had to uh, completely be ruled out and the other one's saying, I'm, I'm going to play, I'm going to make it, I'm going to get up there. Uh, but they both – Spraying their MCLs, I don't think you're going to see too much productivity out of uh, Uzama. He might be just out there sort of ceremoniously, but uh, I guess we'll have to see. Uh, so with all of that, the number is interesting. It's basically open around three and a half, I think, universally, that uh, when the conference title games ended uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, almost very immediately went up to four, just money on the Rams instantly. And I'm it, it, I saw it earlier in the week, get up all the way to four and a half and bounce back down to four. At the moment, it's back up to four and a half. So we will have a hook on this game. Cincinnati plus four and a half at the LA Rams. Jason, who you got? Yeah, no, no, it's at the Bengals. 
Um, right. Bengals uh-huh. is a home team. No, no. Yeah, isn't this supposed to be a neutral? <laughs> uh, oh, wait. No, okay. Yeah. Uh, you know, the NFL has so much money, I'm surprised they just don't build a stadium somewhere and just have just a Super Bowl stadium. You know, if they thought that they could guarantee getting uh, the same amount of people uh, to that site every year and, uh, and making the same amount of money, yeah. they probably would. Uh, Build it in Canton. Right. You know, uh, they have it by the Hall of Fame. Yeah, the, Joe, the, Joe, the, the Joe Hall of Fame. Uh, no, <laughs> so I, I got to take these points. That 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 I'm not saying I don't think the Rams can win, but I'll – the last two games they've played, the last all the games the Bengals played, every all these playoff games have have been tight um, for these teams. There's just too many red flags for me uh, with the Rams. You know that we talked about it. Like they get they get the like they get the you know they get the tight sphincters. The, the, the coach panicked in that last game. They, they, the play calling stunk against Tampa. They completely melted down against the Bucks in a game that they dominated. Um, I, I think the Bengals just, you know, the, 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 they'll have their moments, their ups and downs too, but I think they manage those better. And, and you know, and yeah, it's easy to go with talent, but man, sometimes you just got to go with the guts, <laughs> you know, go, go with the team that team that, you know, is going to grind it out. And the, the, you know, the team that's going to just play 60 minutes of football. They might not play 60 great minutes of football, but the Bengals aren't going to quit. They're not going to get in their heads. They're not going to, you know, they're not going to do like those head scratching things like, well, these guys are way too good to look this bad for this long of a stretch of time. And the Rams have just been having those moments. And, and, you know, maybe the moment is a little too big for the Rams. Bengals are just playing with house money. Uh, I don't, I I can't guarantee the Bengals a win, but I can, uh, I can pick them and take the points. There you go. Fair enough. That's, that's all you have to do. Um, the very first thing that came to mind when this matchup uh, became crystallized and it's going to be Rams versus Bengals, the the first matchup that popped in my head and probably everyone else that's a football fan is, oh, my God, that Rams pass rush is going to go against yep. the Cincinnati Bengals offensive line. Um, oh, shit. That could get uh, very, very ugly. So, Right there, the game kind of looks like it, it, it will be decided when you talk about the the Bengals' nine percent sack rate allowed this season. So they weren't they didn't just start being bad at protecting Joe Burrow. They've been bad this year. They were terrible at it last year, and they're the reason his leg got fucking snapped uh, and then his knee got blown out. So this is not new that the Bengals can't protect their their franchise quarterback. They haven't been able to protect him for his entirety of his pro career, and he made the Super Bowl anyway. It's like, okay. like well, I, I don't know what else you can do to the kid. He, he's clearly uh, got got a situation where he, he knows he's not going to be protected very well. He knows he's going to have to protect himself. And, uh, like uh, again, like the whole Bengals team, he sort of grew as the year went on into figuring out the best way to protect himself and protect the football and protect the team. You remember that Titans game that we talked about where he takes nine sacks. You know what he didn't do? He didn't throw to the other team like his his counterpart, Ryan Tannehill. Oh, 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 you mean he didn't switch hands or he didn't like try Uh to underhand it like Jimmy G? Yeah. He actually took took hold of the football, and that's the the key. You you can take as many sacks as you want, but if you keep possession, the other team can't score when they don't have possession. I'm pulling out my jaws again. 
uh, or maybe, maybe it's a, that's my Tim McCarver. The, the other team can't score when they don't have the ball. Um, you know, it, it's Aaron Donald and, and Von Miller. You mentioned all the, the guys that are going to come after Damn. Joe Burrow yeah. and can they make the difference and swing the game for the Rams? The whole game, can the whole game be swung and decided by the defense smothering and surrounding Joe Burrow and the Bengals offense. Um, it's going to be fascinating to watch. Um, other matchups that are fascinating, uh, the uh, Bengals running game, which is definitely slept on, and Joe Mixon is, is, a, is a hell of a running back uh, against the Rams, who aren't the best at stopping the run, but they, they, there's there's much worse out there. But um, uh, Troy Reader was specifically terrible uh, in this game against the Chiefs. Like, uh, he was getting ridden all around the place, uh, not the Chiefs, but the 49ers. Um, and so we'll see if uh, Joe Mixon gives him some pony rides like Debo was getting out. Uh, the Bengals have to exploit the uh, L.A. linebackers. Uh, that's their clear defensive weakness. And then on the other side, just an, an amazing job by the, the Cincinnati defense, dropping coverage, getting physical, shutting down uh, that KC offense. Uh, can they put the Rams in prison like that? Can they make Matthew Stafford uh, make mistakes, which, again, we know he can make them. We know that he gets that tight sphincter like you were talking about. Um, so that'll be the, the, the matchup on the other side to keep an eye on. Uh, will they force the killer INT from the league leader in INTs? Um, I, I, you know, I was kind of leaning the Rams, I think, Im- immediately when I thought about, oh, fuck, that defense against the Bengals and Joe Burrow. But, yeah, the kid doesn't care. He doesn't – you can sack him he's 20 times. He doesn't, he doesn't give a damn. He thinks he's the best quarterback that's ever lived. And he's just going to get up and, and figure out and do what he has to do to stay in the game and, and maybe win the game. I'm going to uh, go with you. And uh, I, 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 those points, they scare me. It's That's a lot. A it feels like a lot. Four and a half, but yeah, it doesn't seem like a lot. But, you know, the first two Super Bowls that came to my mind with that number four and a half, I was looking at four, you know, last week and thinking, mm, maybe. But then it goes, jumps four and a half. Uh, you're not maybe uh, as big of a numbers freak as I am. Can you think of the two Super Bowls with four and a half? Uh, do, do, do any come to come to mind? I have a. Well, it's got this strange feeling that they're probably Patriots Super Bowls that they won by field goals. Maybe. maybe. Um, no, the uh, the first one was Eagles over Tommy. Eagles are four and a half. Oh, they Eagles were minus. The they were there. plus four and a half. Yes. Okay, yes, they so, were, the, so the Patriots were the favorite and lost that one. Yeah, the the, the two that I thought of were the underdogs. Uh, and before that, believe it or not, I, rem- I still remember this, uh, Drew Brees and the Saints over Peyton Manning and the Colts. Saints were four-and-a-half-point dogs. They had never won anything in their lives before right. that point. Okay, so and you they, got that weird thing going I, there. I'm, I'm, I can't do it uh, when I make my pick. Uh, when my, I'm picking the Rams to win. I can't go all the way and say I'm going to take the Bengals, but I'm taking the points. I'm taking the Rams 26-23 on a, on a late field goal. But I am taking those points. And if the Bengals came all the way through and won the game, nobody should be surprised because the Bengals have been doing this all year long. So uh, i kind of splitting the baby a little bit. Uh, but, yeah, we're both going to take those points. That's, that, that does seem like a lot of points. We'll talk about our X factors on the other side when we come back.
into our VIP after show program. Jay, who's your X Factor for the Super Duper Bowl? Oh yeah, you know that was harder for me than the pick. Uh, <laughs> I, I somebody, I'm, I'm giving it to Eli Apple just because he's their number one corner, but somebody in that back end has got to hold up. And it's going to be a tall task because if the Rams are rotating Cooper Cup around, that's good. there's going to be a lot of mismatches in that secondary. So I don't know if the Bengals are going to do what they did against Mahomes and just try to confuse Stafford and do the delayed rush and, and then back people off. Are they going to try to play these guys straight up? I don't think there's really much of a reason for the Bengals to respect the Rams running game. Uh, they, the Rams haven't proven that they can really do more than run for about you know, two and a half to three yards per carry. And Matthew Stafford is not really a candidate to take off, um, you know, not consistently. Um, you know, you might bust one once in a while, you know, maybe, but yeah, that's not his game. He's, you know where he's going to be. So yep. I'm going to give it to Apple as that top corner, you know, got to make some plays they, they got to make plays on that back end like you said turn over the rams don't don't get toasted you know don't don't play silly don't 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 safe don't corner safety blitz or whatever you know like they did against uh, like the bucks did so the cooper cup just runs up the scene you know oh, I, I think they i think they need <laughs> almost the same strategy like that they did against the you know the chiefs in the second half you got to keep them all in front of you Make them impatient. The Rams have proven that they can have some brain farts. Uh, I think the Bengals need to try to extend those Rams drives and just make them work for everything. Yeah. It's very good. So you uh, did a bit of a breakdown there and covered it on the uh, Bengals defensive backfield and trying to figure out what's going to happen when the Rams have the ball and what they have to do. Uh, and that'll match up nicely with me. I'm going to cover the other side. I'm going to cover what the Rams defense has to do when the Bengals are trying to go through the air. Uh, The one-on-one matchup that everyone is talking about is will uh, Jamar Chase wind up getting shadowed by Jalen Ramsey? And that's probably not going to happen all game because that's just not how the Rams play defense. They're going to match up, uh, you know, at at different points in the game, but I don't think it's going to be where – uh, Ramsey just follows Jamar Chase all around the field. And I, I don't think you can. I don't, I don't think it would be smart to do that because the Bengals' other weapons have proven themselves uh, to be able to make huge plays when, when counted on and when called upon. And that's why my X factor is uh, the other side, uh, the other cornerback for the Rams. Darius Williams has to step up. They're going to have Jalen Ramsey do that. Uh, it, I, I can actually see them – trying to do that if it's a situation, you know, where Jamar Chase is just toasting the Rams and just burning him for big plays. I, I can yep. see them deciding to to put Jalen Ramsey on him and make him shadow him. Uh, I don't think they're going to come out doing that. Uh, but if they do, Darius Williams on the other side has to uh, hold up his end against those other guys, against T. Higgins, against uh, Tyler Boyd. Uh, it, it's not going to be easy uh, out there with those all those Bengals weapons. Uh, Williams had nine passes defense this year. He's got six career INTs. Um, It's been a a real daily double with those two, Jalen Ramsey and Darius Williams. That's been the best, probably the best corner tandem in the league for the last couple of years. And uh, Williams has to really come through and have like the the game of his life because Ramsey's going to step up. We know he's going to be there. 
uh, uh, Williams has to step up uh, on the other side because those other guys can, can absolutely uh, do damage. Uh, you know, Joe Burrow doesn't care. He'll, he'll get up from that 11th sack and, and he'll target, you know, T Higgins on a, on a big square in and you, you gotta be ready for it. So I'm, I'm going with Darius Williams. Yeah. And those, uh, those Bengals receivers, uh, they're big guys. Yeah. Yeah. They're not small. No, so you gotta you gotta work to hold up against those guys, you know. And then the Bengals have experience all season now. They they've been doing this as they've progressed through the year. They they have all this experience of not needing to rely on any one aspect of their offense. So they can they they can run it. They can they can throw it. They actually did. You know, you watch the you watch what happened against Kansas City. Joe Mixon had a nice game. The, the mm-hmm. Bengals were not one-dimensional in the comeback. They, there was no panic. They, they were still able to rip off some chunks and, uh, and and keep things moving in the running game, too. And now the Rams' defense, it, that's, a, that's a step up. You know, they're not afraid to uh, to actually come at you, you know, with some balance. And uh, it'll be interesting. Yeah, I'm interested for this matchup. So I think it's going to yeah. be good. Yeah, I do, too. Yeah, do you? Uh, you, you correctly bring up that it's a fresh matchup. It's, it's not uh, the same the same old, same old. It's definitely uh, two guys. Uh, one of them's going to make a, a name for himself and, and become a legend and win that first ring. Those two young gun coaches is, is a, a very compelling story and, and matchup. Uh, Zach Taylor, who I think was 13 when they first hired him to get the, the head coaching job. Uh, so great to see a teenager make that step and, and, uh, make the Super Bowl, and of course Sean McVay feels like he's been around forever. He's a, a young pup as well. Uh, his second Super yeah. Bowl uh, attempt. Um, hopefully, will go a lot better than the first one because the first one, yeah, oh, so, well, so that was such again. The Rams were even with Goff. That was a high octane offense, and they just they laid an egg. They scored three, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's... it was not pretty. So as, as another story, uh, another layer, McVay getting back to the Super Bowl and having a chance. Uh, the man's known for, for offense. He's one of the offensive geniuses in the league. First time he gets to the Super Bowl, zero touchdowns. That probably uh, still sticks to him. And he, he probably uh, is going to sleep tonight thinking about that and going, whatever we do tomorrow, even if we don't win, we got to show better than what the fuck we did uh, against the Patriots. Because that was nothing. So. I think they will show better. Like I said, 26, 23. I think the, the over-under is, is right on 49, so I'm, I'm going right on that number. Um, I think it's going to be uh, fun. I think it's, And I don't know if it's going to start off high octane. I think they, they you know, the, the lack of uh, big, yeah. I say big game experience. Uh, I, I guess, you know, that that's the, uh, the, the trade-off you get. It's not the same old, same old, but, you know, these two kids, I can see them both coming out. Uh, you know, so I call Stafford a kid. He's not a kid, but as far as big game relevance, you know, obviously first Super Bowl uh, game, uh, I can see both of them come out nervous. I can see both quarterbacks come out and and uh, making some throws and make you go, ooh, they uh, they they're not uh, they, they didn't come right out and and go right down the field. I I, I can see some punts uh, in the first quarter for for both of those teams. So and uh, I, I don't do. Uh, I don't talk a lot about props, but uh, first half under, or first quarter under, I think I like that. 
Yeah, I mean, we always talk about the Super Bowl for some reason more than any other football game that you'll see all season. There's always that sort of like that feeling out period. You know, it's, it, I think it's more natural for teams to, to come out a little bit tight. You very rarely see teams just come flying out of the gate. I mean, some of the highest scoring Super Bowls that you've seen have been incredibly boring, like, first halves. I mean, you remember that, do you remember that uh, Carolina yeah. Super Bowl? Yeah, the first one that popped in mind was that first that half was, just was dreadful. Trash Super Bowl for the yeah. first half, and then the second half was just, it was just back and forth and back and forth the whole game. Um, you know, that Philly and England was, you know, <laughs> a, a kind of a dog fight for the whole game, but that was another one where it just kept building, you know, and then it just turned into the, oh yeah, watch this second half, you know, like, you, 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 you know, so much for the, the courtship. Now, now it's, now we're going crazy. Now, now the gloves are off. <laughs> Yeah, you're going to do this play and do that play, and you're going to pull out your tricks, and we're going to go with the, the Philly special. And Philly, Philly! We'll do everything, pull out everything in our playbook. I, I kind of hope we see that tomorrow, some creativity and some, some playbooks. And uh, they, they did a little bit with the uh, Rams 49ers last week. I was really hoping for it with Shanahan and McVay. They had they had a couple of plays in there, uh, some uh, there was a flea flicker to the tight end screen at one t- at one point. It's like okay, you know, the, the little bit of you know, you, you got to be careful with that. You can't go too crazy. You don't want to embarrass yourself and pull out something where you know uh, where it winds up your guy throws you know an interception or it looks really silly and is like oh why did they try to do that? So, uh, but like I said, the biggest mistake was actually not being bold enough and the Forty ers again, being in plus territory and deciding to punt the ball. We don't ever see that anymore. And it's like, what are they yeah. doing? <laughs> that was so shocking to me. So was, I I think that's just a part of the game now that's, you know, you, you, we're going that way and we're not turning around. We're, we're going towards more bold calls, more uh, going for it, uh, more, uh, you know, it's, it's analytics driven, but uh, more just, I'm going to trust my guys to get this two or three yards instead of just punting and and, and putting the defense out there. Like uh, again, I'm I'm for it in general. There are, you know, it's a case to case thing. Some cases are like, no, I think you should maybe uh, take the field goal here or or you know, don't go don't be quite so bold. But uh, in general, overall, I, I do like the the gutsiness. I know you're on the the side of being a little you know more conservative. It's not, I'm not against being aggressive. I'm against being dumb. And <laughs> sometimes, you know, sometimes not being aggressive is dumb. It's not like I'm one of these, you know, there's, there's, there's a time to go for it and there's a time to not go for it. There's this tendency with some teams that their default is to just no matter what, just go for it. And I just don't think that is a sustainable way to, to run a team, to have that sort of be the default instead of looking at every situation, you know, so many times we see teams that are taking points off the board. More often than not, teams that bypass taking points off the board, it came back and bit them in the ass. Yeah, but if you keep doing it, then I, I still think it's more about the execution. If you 
do it and you take the points off the board, but then you execute and you get the touchdown and you put more points on the board, then no one's talking about it. So uh, I don't think it's the decisions a lot of the time. I think it's just make a better play. Right. Well, like I said, it's also, but to me, it's also the game situation. Sure. You know, there's, there's plenty of times where, you know, you could be up seven and then that field goal puts you up 10. Just go up 10. <laughs> It's the NFL right now in the NFL. There's no difference between being up ten or fourteen. It's so easy with the rules and these offenses and the way everything is skewed and the way these games are penalized and called. We see it. How many big comebacks do we see week after week after week? Now it's super easy to come back from fourteen, but ten fourteen that's to me the same. You know what's way easier to come back from seven. And that's why I think that these teams that just completely, you know, just bypassed points drive me nuts. I get it. You've got to score more points than the other team. So, you know, you don't need to whip the dick out every time and be like, well, what? Yeah. <laughs> Look at this. You, know, it, it, you don't have to coach that way. And most of the teams that do coach that way aren't here. Now, the the one team we know is uh, married to coaching that way, married to that concept, is is not here, unfortunately. And that would be the, the Chargers. Uh, but I think more teams are are doing it. I think it's uh, it, it may not be nearly as as egregious or nearly as many times as some other teams. Uh, but in general, I think it's going in that direction. Where you, you're going to see that tomorrow. I don't know how exactly how many times, but. You're going to see someone go for it on fourth down uh, yeah. in a situation where five years ago they wouldn't. I, I promise you, you're going to see that. I I just don't want to see somebody going for it like fourth and nine at their own 27. <laughs> Not to pick on anybody. Yeah, I don't know if you're going to see that. I, I, I would uh, be very surprised if you saw yeah. something like that. Yeah. Unless it's like the fourth quarter and it's the last drive of the game and you need it, I right. get that. But I certainly don't think you're going to see anybody punting on their side of the of the field either. That was, like I said, just <laughs> yeah, well, stunning. Yeah. All right, so you're ready for the big one? I, I am. I I I want it to be done. You know. <laughs> um, I just do, and we could, you know, I, I'm assuming we'll just uh, we could we could recap this. Uh, I guess we'll just recap on what uh, Tuesday. But whatever day is fine by you. Uh, trying to see, yeah, Tuesday probably. I, I think we're all, yeah, we're going out probably going out to dinner, but we'll be way we'll be home way before nine for, for right. certain. So because I work on Valentine's Day, so I think we're all going out. Uh-huh. We're going to go do something on Tuesday night, but I'll be home by nine. So I, I, uh, the Super Bowl is one I don't want to let linger for too long. I want, I want to re, re, recap this while it's fresh in our brains. Right. We don't have to go to next weekend. Right. You know, because the week after that, we'll probably be doing the baseball preview. This damn season. The what? It's taking so long. What? Yeah, well, What's something. baseball? Yeah, if there's going to be baseball. I don't know what that is. <laughs> yeah, we... <laughs> It's going to be like the COVID. We're, we're going to have a long time to wait to, for the baseball season to start because we got to wait for the owners to decide to, to let the players play because they're they're locking them out and that they're not meeting and I don't know if they're going to be meeting anytime soon. So, yeah, that's uh, that's going to be a while, unfortunately. 
Yeah, the the owners, uh, you know, MLB tried to make a proposal, but uh, I think that the players uh, laughed that one off and, and basically accused it of just like, yeah, it's just a money grab. But it's all a money grab. It's, it's all arguing over a few million dollars here and there. It's, it's really yeah. silly that it's gotten to that point that they got to lock them out over that. It's, it's not what I'm not reading, excited. It's, it's not, uh, that they want to go universal DH. Not excited about that. Uh, we, we, we know we, we're definitely on different sides of that. I'm, I'm all I for know. the DH. You just, you just want to you want you, you don't want to see pitchers batting, but ugly, ugly, yeah. ugly, ugly. Not always. You know, just many okay. times. Many One out of a hundred times. How many, it's, it's how many not of those? How many good moments do we have of pitchers helping themselves? Uh, it, it happens. That that doesn't mean it's great yeah. baseball, but it happens every now and then. You know? <laughs> no, I, I I get that. Uh, you know, but on the positive side, we're starting to see the robot umps creeping higher up and higher up. So yeah, I'm not just you know we always say it. You know, we 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 have those. We have traditional views and we have progressive views. We're not just like get off my lawn. You know, we, we we want some of the progressiveness too. And I, and the faster we can get rid of, uh, you know, hey, Joe West retired, so one more down. Oh, but uh, thank God, get the dinosaurs out of the game. Yeah, the dinosaurs out, get the robot umps in. Yeah, I'm, you know, I've been thinking about uh, the the professor Greg Maddox lately for no reason at all. Oh, Just been thinking okay. about him. If you get robot umps in. What, what what does that do to somebody like Greg Maddox? Greg Maddox, uh, the, the greatness about him was his audacity, that he didn't give a damn. He was going to throw that ball uh, an, a foot off the plate and make you call it a strike. He was going to keep throwing it at that uh, spot and yeah. make you call it a strike. He would go ball one, ball – he would go three and oh and just go right back to that. The strike was going to make you call it a strike, strike one or strike two, strike – He's going to make you call it because you are going. He, he understood the, uh, the the personality of of an umpire that doesn't want to you know be booed, doesn't want to be hated by the crowd. He wants to, to please, and he doesn't want to have that ball keep being put in that same spot and the catcher framing it and everybody going, "Why isn't he calling it a strike? What's wrong yeah. with this guy? Boo! Come on, blue! What's wrong with you?" And Maddox would keep putting it out there, and eventually the ump was like, okay, five, strike three. And then the batter looked at him like, oh, come on. That was in the same spot as the other one. Um, I don't know if Greg Maddox is Greg Maddox uh, if you bring in the robot umps. You know, and that's but good. He, had, to such, me. he I, had such pinpoint control that if you had the robot ump, he would find a way to get that two seamer to touch that zone somewhere. Just barely. <laughs> it, it, right? I, I mean, because you think about the movement that he had on that pitch. Mm-hmm. And the sinker, right? Because those, those were his two, right? If I'm remembering yeah. correctly, you know, it was sinker, two seamer. But everything Maddox threw moved. He threw nothing straight. Right. So, and, and he was a smart guy. I, I have a feeling if there was a fixed zone, but if you hit the zone anywhere, front, back, left, center, up, down, and he could find a way to get that ball to touch that thing somewhere. So Greg Maddox would still be great, even if he had the robot ump. And I, I think I agree with that, but I don't think he'd be Greg Maddox. I don't think he'd be, you know, the numbers that he put up and the microscopic 
ERA and and WHIP, uh, it, it will still be great, but I don't think it'll be this. And I I think He'd it's still a good be in thing. the Hall of Fame. He'd probably still be in the Hall of Fame. I I, I just think it's better to be able to have a, a uniform situation where the best pitchers can go out with their best stuff and more challenging of the hitters with their best stuff instead of trying to dance around the zone and hope that the catcher frames it correctly. And, oh, yeah. God, it's just so annoying. So that's a, you know, not so much the bad umping that can go away, too. So can the pitch framing. Yes. Yes. I mean, when your job, when, you, when the thing that you're known for as a catcher is tricking the umpire. He's really good at framing those pitches. He's really good and making balls look like they're yeah. strikes. That's not a compliment to your game. <laughs> Makes your game look like what like what are you doing? Like what there's no other element of any sport where you're praised and there's a metric on how well you can cheat. Right. It's just <laughs> No, that's not good. <laughs> it should not be it you know cuz how many god, how many catchers could we get rid of that can't hit a lick? but they're really good at dragging the ball from a foot outside and snapping that thing in, you know, to make it look like a strike to trick the umpire. You know, we could get rid of those guys too. We could actually get some catchers who could hit. That'd be great. You know, we don't need Jason Castro anymore. <laughs> but that's all he's known for is pitch framing. And so Kyle Schwarber could have stayed behind the plate. Is that what Well, maybe not yes. quite that far. <laughs> He'd have a problem throwing guys, you know, throwing the ball down to second to get the steal, the base stealers. Just wasn't a good catcher. And he's not a good outfielder either. Uh, um, no. He, 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 now that there's, uh, you know, if they go universal DH, that opens up a yeah. lot of jobs. Yes. That man was born to be a designated hitter. From the moment uh, you sadly, saw him play. Sadly, you are correct. <laughs> Uh, so that's our baseball breakdown for the next three months until they get this iron well, out. Well, I just did some recent stuff that popped up, so I thought, you know, might, might as well throw it out there because by the time we actually get around to talking about baseball, we'll, we'll have some of this we'll have forgotten about, it, if there's baseball. Whenever there's going to be baseball. There will be baseball, we just don't know when it's going to be. Yeah, I saw that they were, uh, our fantasy draft, they're having their winter meeting, and I was like, oh. That's the day after Cute Factor uh, has her tenth birthday. I will not oh. be down there. <laughs> yes, if if that if you want to feel old, man, been that Factor, long already. Two weeks. Wow, we'll be ten. Have a have a ten year old. Oh yeah, only if, only a few more years. Oh yeah, the attitude the attitude's coming too. <laughs> Oh, I'm it's not cool. coming. I'm the, she's already got the "I'm too cool for stuff" attitude now. Mm-hmm. No, that, so. that, let's be honest. That attitude's been there. She was born with that. <laughs> <laughs> she's had that attitude. That's why she's cute factor. Because you can tell you, you, she's had that sass from when she was like four years old. Come on. Oh man. <laughs> but that's why we love her. She is absolutely uh, the, the, the cute factor, the one and only. Uh, so. Uh, uh, yeah, ten uh, ten years ago. That's uh, I, I definitely remember it still. The, uh, the the big announcement. I remember the picture on Facebook of you holding her like a football and doing a Heisman pose. <laughs> I remember all of that. Yeah, and then a, what a month later we drove down there. Yeah, 
And I remember that because I refused to hold her because I'm like, that thing is too tiny and I will drop it and yeah. I will never no, forgive I'll myself. There's, they, there's no tiny <laughs> left. She's no longer tiny. Girls. Oh. Yeah, I've, I've seen the pictures, both of them. She's uh, the five foot cute now. Cute Factor 2 is, oh my God. Yeah, oh, she's, yeah. She's, she's, she's big and then Cute Factor 2 is getting up there as well. So well, that's the problem it, though is, you know, you can't tell he's growing because my daughter's growing so fast right now. So. <laughs> He's definitely growing. Yeah, but, no, I, I can tell know, he's yeah. growing. Yeah, but no, your your daughter is definitely getting your getting your height. <laughs> uh, so Tuesday, uh, nine o'clock central for uh, for the Super Bowl breakdown. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'll be here. And hopefully, will... hopefully, we're talking about a good game. Yeah, it's uh, it, 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 it won't be perfect. Uh, both of these again, both of these teams have flaws, and, and both of them are, are you know inexperienced as far as big spots like this. No, you know, no Super Bowl appearances for either uh, quarterback. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's going to be. I think it's going to be uh, maybe like uh, all the other playoff games or a lot of the other playoff games. Where it'll be very compelling, uh, dram- uh, dramatic television, but not necessarily the greatest football that you've ever seen. Yeah, who knows? We might get a classic. No, we we might we might do that. I mean, I I think we're you know I I, I think it's going to be close. I mean, that's obviously obviously why I think we both went with the points. Yeah. Um, I, I you know like I said, it's just too too many. I have more doubts about the Rams than I have about the Bengals, but the doubts I have about the Rams are because they're so good. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think so. I'm following. Like there's they're so good. My doubt is that they can just go out there and be that good. <laughs> there's, yeah. there's just something about them all season that just you know, I mean that that this dog fight they were in with the Cardinals and and just showing up small in a few of these games, you know, getting owned consistently by the Niners. I mean, they were getting owned by the Niners all the way up until the what last few minutes of the a- NFC Championship. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you gotta. And, and then the collapse against Tampa, just ugh, really, guys. <laughs> no, you're you're right. They they have their their moments where you go, oh man, they 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 could have could have really done some some real great stuff but then they just kind of fall apart at times and and again you can't forget that quarterback as as great a story as Stafford would be led the league in interceptions he can absolutely Crazy. throw this game away with that with that team yeah i, I mean they, with with Cooper Cup and, and Robert Woods and OBJ you know and, and Higby yeah Running backs that can catch, somehow he was still led the league in picks. Don't get it. I, I, I just don't get it at all. You can you can be a rat. And, 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 and through the game and through the game losing interception, oh, San Francisco man. just dropped it. Oh, yeah. So that, it was clean. But, that, that, that wasn't like it would have been a, an amazing play. He threw it to him. <laughs> yeah, it was right in his hands. It's... So that's definitely something I'm, I'm looking for uh, tomorrow in that game is will Matthew Stafford make that big mistake, that turnover-worthy play, as, yeah. as they like to say, uh, because Joe Burrow doesn't do that. 
I don't know what his deal is, but he doesn't make those throws. You don't ever see Joe Burrow throw a ball where you go, oh, what a bad decision by him. No, that that kid, uh, he's he's putting every ball pretty much, you know, in the right spot every time. And if he can't do that, he's just throwing it away. He's he's not putting it in jeopardy. Again, he can take as many sacks as you want, but he's not going to put that ball in jeopardy. There just might be too much Detroit left in Matthew Stafford. We will all see tomorrow uh, at 5.30 Central, uh, 6.30 Eastern is when the uh, football might actually start to be played. They might be just wrapping up the anthem at that point or whatever, but that's basically when I turn to the game. I don't worry about all the pregame stuff. There's nothing for yeah. me. I just don't have any uh, stomach or interest in all of that. Uh, yeah, but, I work tomorrow. So yeah. I, I actually will not get home tomorrow until about six o'clock, which is usually the way it goes for me on Super Bowl Sunday. So I'm actually going to be listening to the radio for probably most of the first quarter. So I actually don't hmm. see that's good that these teams like feel each other out early. Cause there's nothing I'm going to see early in this game. There you go. You, so by the time my, I get, my, you know, my, get home and have dinner and get, get settled in and just, you know, hope to see a good game. It wouldn't surprise me if you got home and there hadn't been any points scored yet. You might get home to a 0-0 zero, zero game. Not, or it's like 3 to nothing, you know? Right, yeah. That's my full mm-hmm. expectation is that it's 3 to nothing by the time I get home. There you go. Take that under, first half under. I, I really do like that. All right. Uh, I think we're about done. Uh, the season finally is just about done tomorrow. Uh, if you have any other final thoughts before the, the big game? No. No, just be glad. You know, Tuesday, I'll be glad. Yeah. That means that we're wrapping up the whole season. Finally. Uh, and then we can get started with our off season. And I'm watching my college basketball and trying to get ready for all that. So the March Baden is right around the corner. All right. Uh, he is Jay. I am Dre. This has been, in much less detail, the podcast, our big game preview, Super Duper Bowl 56, Bengals versus Rams going down tomorrow. And we will see how that turns out. We both like the points, Cincinnati plus four and a half. And we will all see how it turns out. Enjoy the big game, the big American holiday before the second big American holiday, Valentine's Day. It just should not be happening back to back. That's just wrong, but that is what it is. We will be back Tuesday, 9 o'clock Central, 10 o'clock Eastern, to recap the Super Bowl. And we will talk to you all then.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.